Simmerdown Sports Talk is back again with more NFL Draft content. We got another good one. It's going to be a long one, and we're going we're gonna to do our best to get out of here. But the NFL Draft, we're a little bit over a week away, removed from the draft night. And that means we have our draft grades. And before we get into that, though, so we kind of, we kind of got duped a little bit here. Um, because before draft season comes around, it's it, that means it's uniform season, new uniforms sometimes in the NFL. And so, right after the Cardinals did, Pan, the Panthers announced they're coming out with new uniforms. The announcement came just after we recorded, of course, and they're dropping they, they were going to drop gray from the color scheme altogether, quote unquote. That was it. And so, the clown of the week here is going to be uh, sport, sport logo. Sportlogos.net news. Sportlogos.net. Nice. Uh, yeah, kind of a, a source you didn't see coming, but they were the ones to break the, the story that the Panthers were going to be coming out with new uniforms and that they would be revealed on draft night. Instead, the Panthers didn't actually do that. Um, it, it was a, a quote-unquote update, and by quote-unquote update, I mean this is the dumbest of updates to a uniform. It, it wasn't even newsworthy. They might as well have just not said anything about new uniforms. The fact that new uniforms got published and with attached to this story is just stupid. Uh, because all they did was change the color of blue, and it still looks the same. Apparently, like it doesn't even look different. <laughs> do- that's, I all, that's all they did. The it's all they did, and the stripe on the shoulders <clears throat> just doesn't go all the way under the armpit and a full circle on the uniform. They only did it. Basically, from the front end of the shoulder to the back end of the shoulder, so all the way across the shoulder, just not under the armpit, to allow for greater flexibility for better fit for their more athletic fit for their players. So it doesn't glitch just, on Madden? Yeah, yeah. So it's just overall stupid, very, very pointless. And thank you so much, Andrew Lind of Sport Logos News, uh, sportlogos.net news. Just, yeah, I was going to ask, who do you think his. Uh source was was it john pork i heard he they, they, i don't know but they said multi, they said multiple sources <laughs> have you ever seen what co- john pork looks like no who, i don't know who that is <laughs> you've never seen what john pork looks like the memes no no uh you'll be in for one when you look it up after this uh after this pod all right but but I'm the report you. was I, that's who i think their source was to be honest with you <laughs> All right. Well, according to multiple sources, is what they said that they would be joining the Cardinals in unveiling new uniforms. That didn't happen. So thanks so much for that, because yeah, you know how big of an addiction guys like Finn and I have for new uniforms, and we didn't get that. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed off now. So that being said, I know. Well. We move on. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I I used to think when I was a kid the Panthers had the coolest uniforms in the entire league. Well, I think when I was like seven or eight, you know, like when I was pretending to play football, like that's always the team I wanted to pretend to be because I was like, oh, they have the best uniforms. But twenty years later, I think that they've kind of off the pack a little bit. So I was kind of hoping for something a little modernized, but it's it's a nice color kind of combo the for you. Yeah, it's a nice color combo with the that neon almost light blue with the black it, it pops for sure they could have gotten rid of the gray i'd be fine if they just dropped it all together uh, Ooh, but yeah the gray's a little I, 
I, I don't really think it goes, especially if you have stripes on the uniform and the gray. I don't think it goes well. So I think they could have got rid of that. Definitely could have used some type of new uniform. Uh, I think the Cam Newton era of uniform is over. Definitely got to come out with something new in the future. It's going to be a – it'll be a Bengals-type situation where Joe Bur- like Joe Burrow got good, and then immediately after rookie season, they uh, got new uniforms. So I think it's going to be a very similar situation. Oh, yeah, John Bork. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I had yeah. to because I was like, you haven't seen those memes, and they're always just like talking about how this dude's like, you know, just I don't know, only one, but I just like the whole like hype up behind the Panthers. I mean, everyone literally thought that they were getting brand new uniforms, and then it was well, just, yeah, like, someone that was that was literally the report, so it made sense. It made sense getting a new franchise quarterback, usher in new uniforms, but I think yeah. it'll be a Bengals type situation. I think they will get new uniforms probably in the in the near future within Bryce Young's first two seasons, I would say, or after the first two years. I, I, yeah. I bet on that. Uh, also, I think, so as soon as this draft is, well, honestly, going into this draft, all you talk about is, oh, the quarterback class is not as good. And if you had the two quarterbacks available next year in this draft instead, these guys would still be just going one and two without a doubt. And I, I, I'm calling BS on that. Um, Caleb Williams is the real deal without a doubt. But Drake May is not there, and he is not consensus. This is not one and two. This is not consensus. Drake May is not there. He the playmaking is just not the same. The Drake the Drake May hype just needs to chill. Overall, all the guys, all the analysts, especially on ESPN, can't stand it. Drake May is not that good. He's he he needs to work on stuff. He's still coming from the North Carolina offense too. All the reasons that we said Sam Howell would not be. An NFL, you know, starter, first round pick, it, because of that offense. Like, why? Why did these same reasons not apply with Drake May? This, and he doesn't even do as much playmaking as Sam Howell, or as Sam Howell did in North Carolina. So I think it's kind of dumb. And I, th- I think just overall, we need to simmer down on Drake May. I agree. But do you want to know something interesting? So right now, if you just take a look at kind of any typical, you know, CBS or Bleacher Report or Walter football or whatever going for mock draft 2024 you'll see the four quarterbacks and most of them are either drake may or or either they are are quinn ewers drake may caleb williams and jj mccarthy well honestly i think it's they're, they're saying caleb it's caleb williams drake may and then that race for that next best quarterback is up for grabs. I think it's Caleb Williams, and then it's a race for number two. I, I still don't think there's a, yeah, I agree. a guaranteed I, guy for number two right now. I mean, even crazier, this draft has the Cardinals going number one overall, taking Caleb Williams. Which is so funny because, I mean, that's like that's literally just taking Kyler Murray again. It's like a, it's a nice reset. I get it. But I just don't know if that's really going to be the smartest decision when that time rolls around. So, I mean, like, I could see it happening, yeah, but I don't think it necessarily makes the most sense, and especially because Kyler Murray is just as gifted as he is. Unless he proves he's actually just a terrible leader, guys don't absolutely – the guys don't love him or necessarily playing with him. They could kind of care less, and he has a care less attitude around the building, and that's your franchise quarterback. Then I could see it, but I'm not convinced Kyler is that – is not a leader and just a bad teammate. I'm not convinced yet. I have to see it. I need to see it with a different coach and just um, a new, it's a new regime right now in Arizona. Anyways, they're, they're going to infuse that place with more talent. 
So I, I think we need to give it time. Yeah, I, th- I just think it's fun. You also have to remember, too, you know, I feel like every year we have some guy who isn't in mock drafts right away after 20, uh, you know, after the previous year's draft. And then in the fall, you know, you see someone break out and have a crazy good season. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're obviously on top of the boards. Because, I mean, again, like when you look at Joe Burrow, nobody in 2019 was thinking Joe Burrow, or before that 2019 season, was thinking Joe Burrow was a top five pick. He just wasn't. He was kind of considered just another prototypical LSU quarterback that was fairly mid. But you never know. So, I, but I, I don't, I don't think anyone outside of Caleb Williams really has garnered. I think a lot of Drake may, like, as you said, is kind of, it's, it's a weird system. I think Breck Holman's kind of hammered this down for me a lot. And as someone that never played football, I kind of get it more now after watching the film and kind of seeing it is that guys are in an RPO offense. It's kind of problematic to scout a QB that's, that's, that's running that just because you can't really tell what their actual true capability is. Yeah. You (laughs) just can't, you can't really see it because there's essentially just two plays that are happening and you're not actually seeing them go through any reads. Cause it's just like, okay, you know, there's either I hand the ball off or my one option is not open or it's an incomplete pass. Yeah. It's yeah. just and, like, and then, he's not, a, he, he's not asked to anticipate throwing. He's not asked to make a ton of throws over the middle. He's not asked to put a lot of touch on his throws. Um, he's not asked to, you know, stay in the pocket. Um, and I, I also, I, I also think with Drake may that, just he's just like the reason he is up so high is because he is six four to you know thirty to yeah. forty with a big arm and he's young. Like okay, that's great, but I'm I'm sorry. Like the playmaking, the instincts, the the pocket presence is just it's just not Caleb Williams right, now. not on the same level. So I think it just needs to chill. All right, and now to talk about this year's draft class and you know worry about next year's QBs next year. Let's get into our draft grades because I, I I personally think after watching this draft, satisfied with my ability to get the positions right, but I felt like I could have been a little more accurate. I think I was what like three for thirty one or four for thirty one maybe, and I got all the weird ones right where I got like Jordan Addison, to Minnesota, which was not one I was expecting to get right, and then I technically yeah. got Jalen Hyatt right to, but definitely felt like all my positions were sort of accurate at least which i'll take i'll take well yeah i think that's like it's not quite as hard to be right on the position because sometimes teams just they have a glaring need or there's just a surplus of guys at a position that would fill a need for that team so so sometimes it's easier or like you can tell gms just have a pattern they take certain position groups in the first round usually so it's easy to kind of get the need sometimes it's just but trying to piece the player to the team it becomes the really hard part. Yeah. So let's get into it. Leading off the NFL draft, Gray Zen, we're going to work best to worst. And at number one, I think the media pretty much agrees that this team stole the show. And I didn't want to admit it at first, but I realized it's just a really nice list of guys that they have. And I got to put the Eagles here at number one. I give them an A+. Plus. Uh, I mean, you just go look at the names. Jalen Carter at nine. Nolan Smith, end of the first round. Tyler Steen, not the flashiest pick, but he could could be serviceable. And then you have Sidney Brown and Keeley Ringo, two guys that probably could have gone around earlier, respectively, um, in the second and third. You get them in the third and fourth. It's just 
really a nice collection. And the Eagles just kind of, I think they nailed this draft. Uh, go, going from 10 to 9 to secure Jalen Carter, that, that was just so, so nice. Um, I actually, that was one of the, the picks I got correct in my mock, was Jalen Carter falling to the Eagles. I had a feeling it could happen, and this would be a dream come true for them. It certainly wasn't draft night, but they traded up a spot just to make sure. And so Jalen Carter and then Nolan Smith, kind of uh, the cherry on top, you know, for that D-line. You got a guy that can um, get the best out of Jalen Carter, keep him motivated. And then Nolan Smith is going to learn from all those vets and put that athleticism. And he's just a moldable ball of clay. And he could have gone a lot earlier. And instead, he fell to the back of the first round. And Eagles, they just like Georgia. So you got the – the Philadelphia Bulldogs here, uh, A plus, one hundred percent. Yeah, I know, Finn. I know you're kind of in shambles about this, though. So no, um, I, I mean it's it's a solid draft. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think as if you're a Giants fan, you're not particularly happy. But what can you do? You know, I mean, you forgot to mention that pick, Tanner McKee. That that was a that was a that was a nice one that right there by Howie Roseman. I think that was his best pick of the draft, honestly. <laughs> But I, I gave them an A. I think I think again, like getting Keely Ringo in the fourth round is pretty ridiculous. I, I don't really understand why this guy is not a more highly touted prospect. You know, he's big, he's strong. Yeah, he gets beat sometimes, but he also makes a lot of great plays and obviously had the game ceiling pick for Georgia in the title game last year. So overall, solid A for the Eagles. I don't think he gets better than this. So Eagles are a top five draft for you though, right? I do think so, yeah. Yeah, it's top five draft for you? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard I, not to. I originally... didn't – I by the way, I didn't rank my draft. I only gave them grades, so I did not rank them. But I will be definitely in my hypothetical ranking in my head right now that I'm going to remember for sure. Put the Eagles at number one or two. So. Yeah. I, I, had a, I had a different team actually at the number one spot. I was very hesitant to give it to the Eagles I, just because I'm not a big Nolan Smith guy. But to get him at that value and the way that they, they – drafted in the third and fourth round is just amazing that would that would really put them set the that put them over the edge so that's what got them to number one for me and then moving on down number two my original a plus team so i have two a pluses this year usually i only give out one per year basically this year i had to give two because i thought this team absolutely nailed it as well and that's going to be the pittsburgh steelers to give them an a plus because i thought they addressed their biggest needs with their first two picks and that included trading up ahead of the jets to secure broderick jones so you got to do what you got to do if you have a guy up there and you feel like he might get away. So love the aggressiveness. And then they snag Darnell Washington. That's one of the fins, my guys, in the late third round. That's a fun pick. And if he pans out, you have a great first three picks right there, all in the same year from the same draft. Uh, can't get much better. I don't think it could have gotten any better for that, any better um, than that for the Steelers. So I really like what they did. So, yeah, A-plus for me. Yeah, I gave them an A, and again, I really like the Broderick Jones pick. I think that was incredibly smart for them to just move up and get the guy they wanted. I think the Joey Porter Jr. pick is obviously pretty cool with his dad being on the coaching staff. Uh, and yeah, again, I think Darnell Washington is going to be – I think he's going to be pretty lethal in the NFL if if they don't use him as much as a blocker. Because again, that was his big thing at Georgia is that he was much more of their blocking tight end. But I think now if he goes to somewhere – like Pittsburgh, where they kind of don't necessarily have a surefire target at tight end, I think he could definitely come in and, and take the first string job. So and there's no, definitely there's excited no, to see him play. Exactly, yeah. And there's no pressure on him. He's a third round pick now. 
So yeah, I, I think the Steelers did a great job. And I was a little bummed that they didn't get Jordan Addison for the college quarterback wide receiver reunion. I think they're kind of they might be missing out on that, but I overall it's still an A plus for me. And then moving on down number three, the we're getting to the A's here. And I have the Colts. I think that they absolutely have the right to be excited about Anthony Richardson. And fans should be extremely excited about him coming to Indy. Shane Steichen, he's worked with a variety of quarterbacks. And Anthony Richardson is going to a situation where they will be patient with him. And beyond him, their day two picks and Adebari all have a chance to be really good players. I think the Colts did a tremendous job as well. Um, So I really like this draft. Man, it's an interesting one for me. I, I I didn't know I didn't really know at first to, uh, what grade to give the Colts. To be honest with you, I was kind of going back and forth because, again, I think we can't really tell what the, the grade for this draft is going to be until we probably go about two to three years in the future. Just because I think Anthony Richardson's not going to play at all this year, and so it's it's hard for me to give this an A or A plus simply just off the fact that with their fourth pick, they're going to take a guy that's probably not going to play until next year, which is a little bit problematic, but also understanding for the talent he can be. But other than that, yeah, as you said, I think they got a lot of good picks for their needs. And Josh Downs in the third round was, I think, you know, a great value pick that um, dropped and he could be a really good receiver. But, you know, again, I think, it's definitely tough to give this an A A plus simply just because of the risk that Anthony Richardson is, but I'll give it, I'll give it an A minus. I mean, you know, they, they did what they had to, to do. Right. Because I think if you, if they traded down or if they thought about trading down, they must've been really, really paranoid of someone just taking him before them. So clearly there was other teams that wanted them in the top 10, but it's just funny how NFL teams, to hop on this bandwagon of drafting and oh, you know, a super athletic quarterback that couldn't hit a barn door. You're in pro- you know? a, a young project. You can. That's the nice way of saying it. Yeah, that's the nicer way of saying it. Yeah. Although to be fair, that was Josh Allen too. I mean, literally, I don't think the dude his rookie year could have hit a barn door. It's just like he was that inaccurate. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Colts definitely have the most exciting draft I think out of anybody. I mean, I think you see this the success of Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel for project quarterbacks. It just depends on where they go. And I'm a believer in project quarterbacks, especially if they have the right tools and if they're coachable. So um, Anthony Richardson, I think he could be that guy. So I like that draft class for the Colts. And then moving on down, number four, at the Seattle Seahawks. Also give him an A. So top five draft for the Seahawks. Rare thing to see, I think. And this year they finally got it right. I don't think it's because of their first pick. Devin Witherspoon, not necessarily guaranteed to be an elite corner, and he's only 5'11", so I kind of worry about him going up against those wide receiver ones and just getting mossed. Um, but he did test well. He's athletic. He can, he can jump a little bit, but, again, he's only 5'11", so that's something to consider. And it's a really good pick, but I just think those factors, along with passing on Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter, gets a little interesting to me. And the team's willingness, though, to finally take a wide receiver in round one came at the right time with JSN. Finn can attest to that. And you add in Zach Charbonnet to become that one-two punch with Kenneth Walker. And the Seahawks got an offense, this time with reinforcements. And I I wasn't really a huge fan of the Derek Hall pick, though, in the second round. So that also kind of kept it from becoming an A-plus for the Seahawks. But overall, really good draft. Uh, Definitely something that I think the Seahawks decided to change it up this year 
and they, they kind of realized they need to get a little more aggressive. That's why I really like the JSN pick. That's what makes this an A for me. So I like what they did. Yeah, this is an A for me as well because of that first round. I think being able to get what a lot of people think is the top cornerback in the draft is is pretty impressive. And then adding that on with JSN with the 20th pick is also pretty impressive. I was frankly really surprised that he fell that far. I thought he was going to go a lot earlier. But you still get him at 20. And I think if you're a Chargers fan, you're pretty upset about that. If you're a Giants fan, you're pretty upset about that. I mean, they, that was really a steal at 20 for me. And I think that's what makes this an A-grade a draft. And then, yeah, as you said, you know, just kind of building out with in the later rounds. I, I was a little surprised they went two running backs, given they already have Kenneth Walker. So I was originally a B-plus for that. But uh, I think, you know, it never hurts to have running back depth. So overall, I think this was a pretty solid draft. And, yeah, again – you know, just, I, I don't, I mean, Geno Smith could arguably potentially lead this team to an AFC West win if the 49ers, you know, don't really solve their quarterback problems. Yeah, 100%. And Is that good. T- now it's now a top five, top five here in draft. Got the New York Giants for me. I, I have them in the A as well. I just really like their top four picks. I think overall, they're all going to contribute in the near future. So it's something definitely to be happy about, I think, if you're a Giants fan. And just overall, great value and a nice job. Um, Finn, how did you like this Giants draft class? I don't think it was an A for me. Um, I, I mean, I, I want to say it was, but I just – I don't know if they had enough picks for me to garner it, like, to be an A. Now, I know that's kind of a weird reasoning, but I just – I don't know. It Like, they, they – it was just kind of – it's not an A because they just sort of simply just filled their needs – but it's also not a B because they weren't like, you know, reaching or they weren't, you know, taking anybody that was, you know, completely, you know, just not deserving of being in the round that they were picked in. So, I mean, to get to the main point, you know, I think Jalen Hurt, Jalen Hylett, sorry, is an excellent pick. And I'm surprised he fell to the third round. And I think there's concerns about him running the route tree, but I don't know if that's going to be a problem. And I tend to think that the Giants do pretty good job, a pretty good job with SEC receivers. So I'm excited about that pick. That's who I wanted them to take. That's who I thought they were going to take in the first round. So I'm glad we got him in the third. And I think Deontay Banks is probably the most athletic corner in the draft. So, I mean, even when you look at all the corners in the first round, size-wise, he's not, you know, a Christian Gonzalez, but to get him at 24 is a great pick. And I think he's going to be a day-one starter. So that's always exciting. Uh I didn't really get the Eric Gray pick in the fifth round. Like, I think it makes sense to get a backup running back. But, I mean, again, there was just not that many picks compared to some other teams. So, it's a B plus. Like, it's a good draft, right? You know, it's not it's not like, you know, A, it's like, you know, killed it out of the park. But it's a B plus. I mean, they worked with what they had. And they I did mean, well. Eric Gray, I think he can be dynamic. And I also think if Jalen Hyatt pans out and is stretches the offense for you and he, he makes – you know, DBs watch him, and um, and he becomes a deep threat that he can be. Then that that is a really nice draft, and getting him in the third round when he could have easily been back of the first round, he could have easily been in the second, and instead you get him in the third. So uh, I think the Giants did pretty well. I do agree. I do agree. But it's going to be really dependent on how that Hyatt pit works out because again, like if one of these picks doesn't work out in one or two years, we're going to be like, oh, this was a terrible draft, right? Because they just don't have that many picks. So, I mean, we'll see. But I think from your perspective, yeah, it's it's definitely solid. I think the Giants could have done a lot worse. All right. And 
Right behind the Giants, I got the Patriots at number six. I gave them an A. And this is also a rare feat for Bill Belichick. Not usually a good drafter, just like Seattle. But he did something different this year. He actually recognized value. <laughs> and he actually got a steal instead of reaching. Uh, Christian Gonzalez. So he trades down. He originally, so the, the story behind why he traded down, too. So he, Bill Belichick always likes to trade down, likes getting extra picks, right? And so he traded down with the Steelers instead of the Jets because he knew guys wanted that last top tackle in Broderick Jones. So he trades down with the Steelers instead of the Jets. Jets get screwed over. Steelers get their tackle. Jets don't. <laughs> Classic Bill Belichick hating on the Jets. And so, but he did something I didn't think I would ever see him do as long as he was a GM of the Patriots. But here we are. He recognized a blue chip prospect and basically sticked and picked uh, with Christian Gonzalez. Because uh, Christian Gonzalez, he has the size, he has the tools, um, you know, the athleticism. I think he showed that he can pretty much do everything that you would ask of your top corner. And uh, corners develop in New England. So I, th I think Bill, Pel Bill Belichick hit it right on the money with this one and his day two picks also, they're intriguing athletes to me. So I wonder if there's going to be something to those guys that um, we'll see, you know, coming up in the next two years. But I thought this was a really good draft because of Christian Gonzalez. That first round pick matters. I'd give it an A. You know, what's really funny is we finally have a massive disagreement. I'm giving this draft a C plus. Wow. And the only reason I'll say a C plus is I don't understand drafting a kicker in the fourth round. And I like the Christian Gonzalez pick. I think it's a solid pick. But outside of that, I'm not really sure what to expect with any of these prospects. I think Keon White is a good pick, but again, seems a little bit like a reach. Marte Mapu in the third round from a small school. I don't mind small school prospects, but again, I think they're a little more of a risk. So definitely not great but who knows knowing the Patriots that guy's going to be a first team all pro in two years but then a punter in the sixth round like I, I just sometimes I just wonder where Bill Belichick's heads at because when you think about this team and their direction you know they have a fantastic defense but you're telling me you needed three corners in this draft and you're not even going to bother taking a receiver until the sixth round I that's that's my part where I'm Definitely concerned about the Patriots because, yes, they did get Keishon Butte, who I think two years ago maybe – or is it Boot? I don't know. But two years ago, that guy maybe would have been a second or first-round pick. I mean, even think less than that. I mean, he seems like one of those guys a lot of people were hyping up well into this year. And so I was surprised he fell that far. But at the same time, I don't know if it's – you know, if that counts as a, you know, a good Band-Aid fix. So – for me, I just think it's a C plus just because of all those things. And I think it's it would be a C if it wasn't for the like the first pick and taking Christian Gonzalez. But I just So Christian Gonzalez moves your draft grade. Oh I think God. it moves yeah. Well, not even a letter grade. <laughs> he only moves it up a plus. That's I think he it? moves it. Yeah, but you have to remember that with this many picks, I mean, compared to the Giants, when you have this many picks and you're using them on a punter, which you can find in waivers. You can you're using one on a fourth in the fourth round on a kicker. I'm sorry, a kicker is not worth a fourth round pick. And if you look at Chad Ryland, the Maryland kicker who they picked, if you look at his statistics, they're not like anything that you would write home about. They're not crazy. So 
I'm just when I see that I'm kind of like, okay, you could have just signed two guys on waivers to your team and the song see who wins the kickoff right i mean like again kickers are kind of hot and cold so you don't always want to draft a guy and then put the expectations that hey you're our kicker for the next 10 years i mean i don't know i just i think with kickers it's better off doing it how you do it in fantasy where you just pick one off waivers because why bother like you just you know kickers are gonna be like hit or miss so i don't know because all that again i just i don't really know where bill belichick is and and the fact that they go all defense here for the most part especially in the first three rounds I mean, what does that say about where they feel about Mac Jones? I mean, it clearly kind of says to me that they don't think he's their guy. And I just, I, how are you helping that guy out if you're not giving him any sort of talent at wide receiver? And they don't. I mean, again, if, if Kayshawn Boot, Boot like turns out to be a you know gem in the sixth round, great. But I don't think that says anything for the confidence in, their, in they have in Mac Jones at all. I think it says that they're they're sort of tempted to rebuild and draft a guy next year. Well, a couple of things there. So number number one, there are there's teams that they like to draft a certain side of the ball, and then they like to add to the other side of the ball um, through free agency. So Bill Belichick, defensive minded guy, so he wants to draft his players on defense, and he wants to develop those guys himself. And so the offense, he kind of for the most part tries to add pieces through the off season, trades, free agency, whatever. And so that's what you've kind of seen, especially with that wide receiver group. But also this year, so a couple of NFL draft notes. So this year it was a loaded defensive draft, and that tight end group was just so deep. It was insane. And also not an elite quarterback or wide receiver class, but there's still some quality players, just not the biggest supply. And also the Bijan factor made this also a little bit impossible to predict. But my fourth note about this draft, I would also say, is it wasn't as deep. So – you can make the argument, you could start taking, you know, some more, you know, polarizing picks here in the later rounds. Uh, I, I think with kickers, it kind of depends where that first kicker comes off the board for, for then when you start to see the rest of them get picked. So we saw Jake Moody go to the 49ers here in third round with a compens, compens, compensatory pick. Then what are the New, New England Patriots? They don't like Nick Folk anymore. He's, he's getting up there in age. Uh, well, if you don't like anybody at that value in that round with, from the best available in the pool, why not take your kicker if you really like him? So I, I think there's also an argument to be made that kicker should be valued this high in drafts on a more typical annual basis just because, like, how many game, how many times have we seen teams lose because their kicker shanked one, an easy one, a very makeable kick that an NFL kicker should be making or just a – top of the sport kicker would be making like Ohio state losing to Georgia. They literally lost because Noah Ruggles made a 48 yarder earlier in the game, move it back two more yards later in the game, misses it. Like you gotta yeah, be kidding me. But like how I many times, how many times can you sit there trying to be competitive and watch yourself lose because of a kick? I know you don't necessarily lose games only because you're kicker, but like you want to have a good kicker. I would be investing in my kicker. That's why the Ravens didn't let Justin Tucker go anywhere. They gave him a ton of money because that dude is net filthy. And you know there's not going to be another Justin Tucker. So I think kicker matters. And I'm fully I'm you're not drafting for starters after the first two rounds. So I, I say why not open it up to kickers in the third round? Take a shot. If you think the guy's that good and you think you have a guy, I say why not. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I I mean I get what you're saying, but I still I still just kind of wonder, you know, this is again a guy that you could have signed on waivers. If you really like your kicker, just take pick him up. You know? I I mean maybe maybe they felt that this was their guy and they had to take him in the draft, but do you, like would he be around by the fifth or sixth round? I would assume so, right? I mean, was he the first kicker taken off the board? I'm pretty sure he was. No, Jake, um, Jake Moody was uh, at Michigan. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I do get what you're saying, but I still just think from where this team was at last year to where they are now, it was pretty obvious that they needed help on the offensive side of the ball and to not even consider that until really outside of offensive line till the sixth round, I just find it problematic. And that's fine, but that's what Bill Belichick likes to do. It was a defensive draft. I mean, it is yeah. what it is, you know. Um, you, you weren't going to get one of those elite tackles necessarily um, at his position, or I guess he could have. He could have had Broderick Jones. But other teams wanted him more, and he wanted picks. So it's just a matter of preference, I guess. Uh, okay, yeah. so we got to move on. Number seven here. We got the te- I got the Texans here. I have I gave him an A, uh, a rare grade for the Texans as well. They're not usually going to be in the A-, a territory for me. But Nick Casario changed things up this year. He got aggressive. And I'm not really – I don't know if I was really convinced whichever quarterback that was going to go to Houston would be a slam dunk. <clears throat> so hopefully C.J. Stroud can develop despite the supporting cast. And hopefully he can he can grow in Houston. But And I wish him the best of luck. That being said, having the balls to trade right back up to number three, the first major headline of draft night, and get your franchise back on track and give D'Amico Ryans his new favorite player, that's insane. And those two picks alone make this an A-grade draft for me. Um, wasn't going to be any lower than that. I, I told, seriously respect what the Texans did. Uh, did Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, I, I really liked this draft as well. I think trading up, up to the third pick is gutsy after taking Stroud at two. But again, that's the type of guts that gets you a good grade on a report card, so... I certainly think that this was an overhyped QB class in general. I think Bryce Young was a little overhyped. I don't necessarily even think you could say that CJ Stroud wasn't overhyped because he also was a little bit overhyped. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of people that were clowning on him as we kind of got towards draft night. But I think at the end of the day, the Texans got the most sound pro ready quarterback in the entire draft, which is, Arguably, again, from a grading standpoint, you can't really take points off of them for that. So I really like that pick. I think in about two to three years, we're going to definitely say that Stroud was the better QB than Young in this draft. I don't know why, but I just have that feeling. And that's, I not, think that's, that, that's interesting because that's not what you were telling me going into the draft. That's not what well, you were saying. I mean, it, you were saying system vibes. I, again, I don't necessarily think any of these guys – Like, I don't think we're going to look back on this draft and go any of these guys are – great i don't know i think that young has the propensity to be a superstar but it he also has the very likely ability to also just be another two at tagalaiova who like i can't i still can't say his last name i can't say it um (laughs) that you know just keeps getting injured can't stay healthy because of their size and you know just overall not i mean i don't know i i know I'm, i'm probably not making any sense but i just think that this QB class is is not amazing, and when we look back on it in a few years, we're going to probably go, okay, maybe there's one or two guys that are good, but I do think if we were going to pick one to be very, very good, I think it will be Stroud, simply just because 
he seems to fit more of the modern mold of quarterback, which is a bigger guy who can be mobile and has a bigger arm. And we're seeing more teams push towards that type of player. We're not seeing teams push towards a Doug Flutie, Frank, uh, Frank, Frank Tarkenton type of player. So, and that's what Bryce Young is. Bryce Young is kind of a Doug Flutie a little bit, which is great. He's going to make plays for you, but I just, I don't know if the sustainability is there. So that's my point on that. But yeah, overall, I think that this was a great draft. I mean, they got Will Anderson, uh, Henry Tuatoo, and the fifth round is, I think, an unbelievable steal. I don't know how he fell that that far. Uh, Tank Dell's a pretty good wide receiver, stays hometown. Uh, if you watch Tank Dell highlights, you'll see he's a very, very good receiver. Um, and overall, yeah, it was for me, this was an A, so... Yeah, but I I do think I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, for saying CJ Stroud. That one could come bite me in the face, I feel like, in a few yeah, years. Oh, oh, most most definitely, I think so. But so you're not high on him. You don't think he's going to be that good? No, I, I think he can be good. I think going to Houston is a little could be problematic. I don't know if they have what it takes there to help him develop or right away, you know, and, and pop, you know, in year two or whatever. I, I'm just not convinced that Houston has – is a good situation for offensively. So that that's just my take on it. But we'll talk a little bit later about what it took to trade up to get Will Anderson, what picks exactly they traded away, because there's some interesting picks there. But uh, moving on down, number eight, I have the Chicago Bears. They get an A for me. Choosing to protect Justin Fields in the first round, absolutely the right choice. You can't go wrong when you have a young quarterback and you need help on the offensive line. So they ch- their guy was Darnell Wright. He came off the board before Skaronsky, actually, and Project Jones. So that was a little bit interesting because people were saying he can only play right tackle. But if, the, if he's a nasty right tackle, then so be it. You know, just get, get some good guys at, on the offensive line, you know, and figure it out later. Um, Gervin Dexter, senior, a bit of a gamble for me at the nose tackle. Um, he went a little bit high. But then Tyreek Stevenson, he could play right away. And then you have Tyler Scott, a shifty deep threat. Might accumulate playing time as next season goes on. So that could be good for the offense, factoring in. You got to factor in, I think, also the move to trade down originally and steal all those picks from Carolina. So this was originally an A-minus draft for me, but I bumped it up to an A because of that trade. I think Ryan Poles did a, had a master class. So really nice job for Chicago. Yeah, I I mean, with the amount of picks they had, I feel like they could fill their whole roster. It seemed like they had a lot, but so have a lot of other teams in this draft. But – I mean, it's a testament to how valuable a blue chip QB prospect is, all for the possibility they don't pan out. And it's funny that the the Bears made that trade because, I mean, they were sort of in a similar position that the Panthers are in now five years ago when they got Mitch Trubisky. So I think, you know, there's definitely a little bit of of scar tissue with that. Um, But overall, you know, I do think this was a great draft. I mean, I'm surprised they went Darnold right instead of Peter Skaronsky. Like I, I really thought that he was going to be kind of the hometown hero a little bit, but I mean, again, protecting Justin Fields is all that matters. And I felt like they got really good value with the rest of their picks. And Noah Sewell, again, is another one of those late rounders that you were kind of surprised he fell to the fifth. I think he'd be a great candidate to replace Raquan Smith. And Gervin Dexter, as you said, I think is a really unique prospect. Um, and he might have been a reach, but I still think that when you look at him from a, a physicality standpoint, he's he's very, very, very unique in, in, his, in his style of play. So I would have given this an A, but I think this is an A- minus for me simply just because I would have liked them to maybe take one more offensive tackle. I mean, they took one in the first round, but then they didn't take one, another one for the rest of the draft. So 
might have been helpful to take one more guy. But nonetheless, this is still an A, a draft. And I, I just think they needed that extra protection because, uh, I mean, Fields is just – I mean that dude just gets hit by a car like every Sunday. So I just think the more the more protection you have, the better. But I mean, still, still, still solid draft. I'd give it an A minus. I mean, he could scramble. He'll get away from a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. As long as Darnell Wright can take out, as long as Darnell Wright can take out the, their best pass rusher, I think Justin Fields can figure out the rest. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, okay, number number nine. We got the I got the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, my last A here of the bunch. And they got busy on draft night. They were able to find a trade partner at the deadline, going from number three to number 12, swapping with the Texans. And they eventually got back up to number six to get their choice of offensive tackle. And that ended up being Paris Johnson Jr. And But going back to that trade with the Texans, so they got back the number 33 pick in this year's draft. But more importantly, the biggest pick that they got back from the Texans was Houston's first round pick next year. And if Houston sucks, which this pick could easily be a top 10 pick, uh, they, they, this could be the, the, the Cardinals could have two picks in the top five. Like we're talking, I'm dead serious. And so my original grade was B plus, but choosing to protect Kyler Murray and also getting a haul of picks makes this an A for Monty Austin Ford. So uh, first year as a GM for the Arizona Cardinals for Monty, but, He's already making big moves, and that pick could be absolute gold, depending on what's available next next year in the draft. So, um, especially if Kyler and if Kyler doesn't work, it's kind of like Kyler insurance. I think if if you, yeah. if you don't, if you're not confident in him going forward after the season, then you have a very good chance or a tremendous package at least that you could send to whoever's at number one to trade up Caleb Williams. So, uh, I think job well done for the Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. They got all their needs and they checked off all those boxes. And I think Paris Johnson was, I was a little surprised he went that high. I thought that there would be another offensive tackle taken first, but still pretty solid. So yeah, I guess for them, it's trusting the process and hoping Kyler decides to actually, you know, stop playing Call of Duty. But yeah, A minus for me. A minus for me. All right. And then moving on down, number 10, I got the Buffalo Bills here, the start of the A minuses. And this team, they just kind of needed some more juice on offense. And I, I think they chose to go with the best available, and that happened to be Dalton Kincaid. Just get a weapon for Josh Allen and help that team get a little bit more dynamic in the passing game to keep up in shootouts and that all of a sudden loaded AFC right now. <clears throat> and Osiris Torrance, we, we talked about him last pod. Uh, he's going to help strengthen the O-line. They, they get him in the second round, so that's a nice value. And hopefully Dorian Williams, he's an answer at linebacker, right? maybe. With the loss of Tremaine Edmonds, I, I don't know. But overall, solid draft to get an A-minus. Yeah, I really like that Dalton Kincaid pick. I think he serves as a perfect addition to that offense. And they needed a little bit of help at guard, so I think getting Osiris Torrance is great as well. Osiris Torrance or Torrance? No, it's Torrance. It's Torrance. 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 Yeah. Osiris. A little more finesse. A little more finesse. I like that, that name, man. Osiris is a great name. Really cool. But <laughs> – I mean, yeah, this was a really great draft, and I think the fact that they were limited with their picks, you know, to be able to get Kincaid and Torrance with their first two picks is great. And for me, it was a B plus. I just, I think, I think at twenty six, right, they could have probably gone for 
maybe a wide receiver, but I, I, I think it was the right move just because there wasn't a lot of other people on the board. And then Justin Shorter in the fifth round, I mean, he was a former top high school prospect, so who knows? Maybe they get something out of him too. But, yeah, pretty good draft by the Bills. And moving on down, number 11, the Buccaneers. I gave them an A-. And it seems like the D-line is just going to continue to be the strength of that team because I love Kalijah Kansi. And Cody Mock, I think he could help potentially be an answer at left tackle. Uh, with the departure of Donovan Smith. And then you have Servakia Dennis, uh, quite a name, is a nice linebacker, especially in coverage. So he, he he's smooth and just an overall solid draft. A wide receiver would have been nice, I think, to help out that quarterback situation, whoever is going to be starting at least next season. And especially when Mike Evans or Chris Godwin is out for injury due to injury, you know, like inevitably. But who knows who knows just how exactly how competitive this team will be in 2023 at least on offense so uh but overall i think the buccaneers did pretty good yeah i i didn't i didn't know what to make about this draft i felt like it was pretty standard you know it was they did everything they needed to do i agree that they should have taken a wide receiver as well earlier uh, but i think the point is to not have a quarterback there have help because i think they want to tank so I guess if that's their their position of where they want to go, I think then it was maybe the right thing. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I also like the Kalijah Kansi pick. And then the Cody Mock pick, I honestly just remember from seeing his before and after photo from freshman the senior year of college. And so that's pretty great too. Yeah, that, so, that was the transformation of a lifetime. Of, of a lifetime for all the pro- so, for the for those prospects. Yeah. I even nice. yawned just talking about it because it was that boring. But Okay. Yeah. It was still, it was a, it was an A. Come on. Okay, number 12, Minnesota Vikings. I gave them an A-. minus, And this is another team. I feel like they finally got aggressive in the draft. Jordan Addison, he should be a great number two to, to Jay Jettis. And then you have Mickey Blackman, could grow into a quality starter. And I think snagging Jaron Hall in the fifth round is intriguing. I think that's that's uh, somebody's going to have to do some investigative journalism, see how Jaron Hall is doing in camp and uh, what's going on in that quarterback Room. Little Inspector Gadget. I, I think Je- I think Jaron Hall might have a shot to some playing time if Justin Jefferson keeps getting mad on the field <laughs> at Kirk. Uh, so watch out. Did uh, they release Kellen Mond? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm guessing probably not. He was he was a fourth round pick. So probably not. They, they should if they did really... they shouldn't have because I mean also it's like that dude's impressive. He doesn't have to wear shoulder pads. He just goes out there. <laughs> um, I I think Jaron Hall is better though. I, I Jaron Hall is my guy. And uh, I th- I, th- I like him a lot as a playmaker. So is he better than Zach Wilson? <laughs> is he better than Zach Wilson coming out of the BYU quarterback factory? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I hope so. <laughs> I-, I sure hope so. Okay, we got we got to keep going though. Yeah, uh, I I would give that draft a C plus. By the way, I didn't really have a ton of wow. So another drastic <laughs> difference. I mean, well, I just again like I think outside of Jordan Addison, there was just. I wasn't really sure what their plan was here. I mean, I guess they, I, I guess it's maybe a B minus, but is it more than a B? I, I don't know. You're kind of hurting my feelings here with Jaron Hall. I, I, I'm, I'm actually not against Jaron Hall. I think it was a good pick, but again, I just like, I don't know. I don't know if he's the answer. I mean, you never know the fifth round pick at quarterback. And, and, and I think that they could have made a move to draft a quarterback higher up. I mean, the only reason I also give – well, one of the reasons I also give this a C plus slash like a B minus is that I just also think that they should have 
they should have tried to trade for a Trey Lance. They should have tried to do something a little more splashy. I think that this organization has to realize that they are not going anywhere with Kirk Cousins. So why like hold it off a year? Why waste another year of Justin Jefferson's contract? Get the guy that you think is going to win you a ti- uh, win you a Super Bowl or at least make you competitive in one. Yeah, because you're already going into year three with Justin Jefferson. Uh, t- time is ticking. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, moving on down, number 13, I got the New York Jets. I gave them an A-, and not being able to get an offensive tackle couldn't hurt this team. Besides that, the team could have gone a variety of different directions with this pick, and they chose another one of my guys, a dynamic edge player. Hopefully it will help them find them that long-term solution at the position uh, with Will McDonald. Uh, people are surprised, maybe even shocked, that he went so high. I wasn't. I thought he could have easily gone in the team somewhere right there. And I, I really like his game. I think he was a little bit, he was held back at Iowa state and he could have put up bigger numbers and he still put up decent production despite having to play inside more often than he should have. Um, Cause he's just an absolute freak. And if you put him on the edge, it's, it's, he's so fun to watch. And um, I, so I'm probably the biggest Will McDonald fan you could find. Um, but going on further with this draft. So, you had Jackson Smith and Jigba on the board. You had Christian Gonzalez. You had Kalijah Kansi. You had Jory, Jory Porter Jr. still on the board. And they still went with Will McDonald. So that they must really like this guy. If they miss out on a tackle and then Will McDonald is sitting there for them, they, they must have really liked him to pass up on those other guys, I think. And you could, you could argue the theme in this draft should have been helping Aaron Rodgers, either with an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. And they got their starting setter in the second round with Joe Titman, and there's some potential with their fourth and fifth round picks. But I think this is a really good draft. It's just a little bit questionable if Will McDonald was absolutely the right decision, I think, especially for people that don't like him as much as me. Yeah, I was a little confused by this draft as well. I think overall they did get needs in the second and fourth round for offensive line, but I said before the draft that I felt that they needed to take an offensive lineman in the first round or another positional player, such as a a JSN or maybe even a Joey Porter. And I think Will McDonald was a bit of a reach. So that's why I gave them a B minus just because I thought that you brought in Aaron Rodgers, you traded so much to get him. Why don't you just either give him another weapon just because, or take another offensive lineman just to add more protection. Edge rusher is great, but I mean, you could have probably gotten Will McDonald in the second round, right? So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I agree with you that this was a little bit of a confusing draft, and that's why I gave it a B minus. B minus, okay. They nice they man. got they they were a C plus, but the only reason I gave them a B minus is because with this their seventh round pick, they took a guy named Zach Kuntz. So <laughs> sweet, nice. All right, yeah, well, you know, you give them a little like extra bump. Just yeah. for the just for the memes. I, I sense there's some Giants fan bias in there too, a little bit, uh, a, little, a little bit of hate. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, I don't. So, I don't have any. I, th- I think you're jealous that the Jets got Aaron Rodgers and you're stuck with no. I, I'm a not. Forty though. million dollar thief. I'm not. I, I dude. I I'm gonna be honest. I I have, I feel like I have beaten the giant out like biased allegations. Honestly, <laughs> like I have beaten those allegations. That case is over. It is dead. You didn't give the Eagles an A plus. I didn't give anybody an A plus. That's that's kind of that's kind of tough. You're a little too I mean, critical, I think. No one gets A pluses in college. I never got an A plus in college. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. 
You just get A's. Don't bring your own baggage. And I script. well, no, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my only. Remember, I'm a Google Doc GM, so my only, you know, kind of <laughs> measure that I have to do this is my own grading. And I'm like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, getting yeah, A pluses is hard. You're, you're a spreadsheet guy. I think we we know that. So maybe Google Docs is not your. I know. I should start. I know. I should start spreadsheeting all this instead of Google Docing it. <laughs> I think there would be some A pluses if you just do this on a spreadsheet. But oh well. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Number 14. I got the Carolina Panthers here in A- minus as well. So they traded a ton to move up to the number one pick this year. But Bryce Young, he should bring stability and hopefully some NFC South division titles in the near future for them. And also, they got him a weapon, which is also a priority, I think. And Jonathan Mingo, I think he's kind of like a B-plus version of DK Metcalf coming out of Ole Miss. He's similar game, not doesn't quite test off the charts, but he's still athletic nonetheless. And Maybe he develops. I don't know. It's kind of a shot in the dark, felt like, with that second-round pick for them, though. And I honestly, I think I would have preferred Josh Downs or Jalen Hyatt with that pick instead. Um, but you know what? They wanted a big-body possession guy, and so hopefully Mingo works out. And uh, I like the DJ Johnson selection in the third round. He's an athletic ball of clay, kind of similar to Nolan, Sp- Nolan Smith. Panthers will try to mold him into a dynamic edge player. Um, there's a lot of athleticism on that defense. And so it was a good draft, but the Jonathan Mingo, I, I, well, I, it kind of depends on him, I think. So a minus for me. Yeah, I agree. I think it does really depend on him. I mean, it was a, again, one of those receivers where you knew he was going to be a second or third rounder, but a lot, definitely a lot more questions than answers. Right. Um, and I think they traded the lot away, which is, you know, potentially going to hurt them in future drafts. Obviously it will, but, Again, for me, this whole draft relies on Bryce Young. You know, if, if he's it, then we'll never really care what these other picks were. But if he's not, then, you know, this might go down as a pretty bad draft. But because of that, I gave it a B just because I think there's not really a ton to go off of outside of Bryce Young. Like, you just, that was kind of the main focus here. And that's what they wanted. And they stripped their whole draft class in order to do it. So, yeah. But I wonder, you know, speaking about Young, you know, is he possibly just another one of these undersized QBs or not even undersized if this, because that doesn't really matter in this regard, but is he possibly just the product of great systems with ridiculous talent around him? And he's about to go to a team where he's never like, well, compare it's obviously it's hard to compare different levels of football, but when you look at this Panthers team, it's nowhere near as talented as his previous two teams for who they were playing against. So does that like does he adjust well, or is this is this a year where this man is just running around in the, you know, behind the line of scrimmage for you know trying to just live and breathe and not die? Yeah, no, I I think that this Bama team they lost a lot of talent, especially offensive line and at wide receiver from last year's team. So I think bright this year was kind of a testament to how good Bryce Young is. The he was he had to be a magician in the pocket, and he ha- he had to make step into pressure. He had to make difficult throws to keep that offense moving and to move the sticks. So I, I think this year was a big, big year for Bryce Young and proved why he is the number one overall pick. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I definitely can see that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it was an okay draft. So, I mean, it's going to be, I think, I think if obviously this has the room to really grow, if, if Bryce Young becomes, you know, a really good player, but definitely wanted to consider the other picks too. All right, and then at number 15, I got the Las Vegas Raiders, gave them an A-. And Tyree Wilson immediately, I think, will transform 
a soft defense into a physical problem, at least up front. They were in a position to go get the best player available, and they potentially get a steal at the top of the draft. Um, you can't ask for much more than that because they have needs everywhere. So uh, that's how bad this team is. <laughs> and Michael Meyer uh, was Michael Mayer was supposed to be a first round pick, and they get him in the second. Totally fits what Josh McDaniels uh, wants to do and his style of offense. Christopher Smith from Georgia could be a nice starter. And overall, I think Vegas should definitely feel good about this draft class. Yeah, I, I think it definitely was a risk to go Tyree Wilson when there was, you know, kind of more surefire fire edge prospects on the board. But it doesn't have that Cle- uh, Cleveland Pharrell feel to it. So I think it's worth the risk. Obviously, Raiders fans know that all too well. But as you said, you know, the rest of this draft was pretty standard. I think the My- Michael Meyer pick was great value for the second round and easily could have been a first rounder. So, yeah, I mean, this was a B for me where I think, again, when you just see all your your needs and you check all those boxes, I think the minimum you'll get is a B. Yeah, I don't think – I think there's, there's the project quarterbacks and then there's the project edge player. I don't think Tyree, Tyree Wilson is that big of a project. <clears throat> so I feel a little no. bit better about him, you know. Yeah, and, and it's weird because the Cleveland Farrell pick, you know, arguably – at the time was he was picked more because he was from Clemson than he was for his talent. And look how that turned out. So, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that they just decided to go with the guy they felt was the best talent rather than just going for the, Hey, like we're going to go for the guy who played at the big school and, you know, kind of is the safer pick because the last time they did that, there was obviously questions, but again, you know, I think Tyree Wilson also just jumped off boards pretty you know recently. So I think, I think they were just kind of playing off the physical trades and moving with that. So that's that's fine with me. Definitely could have been worse if you're a Raiders fan. Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> All too familiar. I think, I think that, yeah, they should feel relieved. And number 16, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're starting to get into the B territory, so the Jags get a B-plus for me. Anton Harrison, I think he should be a great fit in their scheme offensively. And they got a little zesty on day three. They got they finesse Parker Washington and Antonio Johnson. So that could be a pretty good haul. And I think maybe Doug Peterson has a plan in place for activating Tank Bigsby. And I'm not a huge fan of the Brenton Strange pick in the second round. Uh, they kind of reached on the tight end. But overall, not a bad draft. And they get a B-plus for me. Yeah, not a bad one for me either. I felt like they had a good draft. I think the Anton Harrison pick makes a lot of sense given that uh, Cam Robinson's going to be suspended for some time uh, for just getting caught with the juice, as we like to say. So yeah, I, I do think that this is, this was a good draft and they had a lot of picks. So they were able to add a lot of um, value to the, the, to their needs. So yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. And I'm interested about that tank Bigsby pick because two years ago, I feel like he might've been a second or first rounder even. He, he was just a PFF guy that they just posted nonstop. Like, yeah, they, they loved they, him. They, they pick like three guys every draft season, and then they just post them nonstop. He was one of those guys. Yeah. And if we go on down here to number 17, there's another PFF guy at the top. And um, the Cleveland Browns here for me get a B plus. And because Cedric Tillman, PFF guy, just he's a good football player, similar to Denzel Mims coming out of college. I think there's some shades of Mike Williams to his game. So he could be a good – possession receiver could be nice and potentially a reliable number two. I don't think he's necessarily going to be developed into a number one, but he could be really good. Um, just, but that was a PFF guy. They just posted him nonstop. 
And uh, Dewan Jones and Luke Weipler were really nice value picks. They could easily be starters. And DTR, he has a chance to learn, and maybe he becomes a dynamic backup in the pinch. Um, I mean, Deshaun's had some injuries in his career, so you never know. So, yeah, overall, solid draft, solid draft for the Browns. I think if you don't have a first-round pick, it is very difficult to crack an A grade for me. So that, that that's pretty much the ceiling for this for this draft class, B+. Yeah, I mean, not having a first-round or second-round pick is easy. Or is not easy, sorry. I mean, you have to you definitely have to work hard for that. So, you know, not as hard as Cleveland masseuses, but they did have to work hard and get a good value <laughs> for their picks. So... Uh, yeah, the Cedric Tillman one's interesting because I feel like a lot of PFF players like end up just not being that good in the NFL. But I'm glad they didn't take a Will Levis early. That seems like a disaster. But, hey, that Dorian Thompson-Robinson in round five, I watched some UCLA games last year. That guy's no scrub. I mean, he's pretty good, as the dog in the background agrees with me. So, you know, I don't know. What do you think of DTR? Do you think he's maybe potentially a starter if, if Deshaun Watson just, you know, can't seem to get it together. And I think no one really wants Deshaun Watson to succeed. So, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see if there's someone else there that might be good. I I, I, I bet, think... I bet CJ Stroud is bummed. He's not on the Browns right now. I mean, he was really hoping to be there. Get mentored. Yeah. I, I, I think DTR, I feel like he kind of has a ceiling similar to Taylor Heineke. That's kind of how I feel with DTR. I don't, I'm not expecting much. I, but if, he were to start and he were to pull out some games. I feel like it'd be in a similar fashion to Taylor Heineke. That's kind of how I feel about DTR. A lot of people are hyping up to be the steal of the draft and this and that. I don't think he's necessarily that. I mean, he, he has so much, so many reps that he, where he had opportunities at UCLA and didn't exactly necessarily have it show a ton of poise to me and demonstrate that he could win games in the NFL right away. So I'm not, I'm just not that big on him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he's just a long-term backup though. And I also think if you're, if you're the Browns, you probably want to start considering drafting another quarterback. I feel like the Deshaun Watson debacle is just a tumor that's just going to get worse. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just sort of a terminal situation for the Browns. I mean, yeah, big year coming up for them, one hundred percent. And moving on down, yeah. another team without a first-round pick for me at eighteen. We got the Miami Dolphins. I gave them a B plus as well. And so Cam Smith, they got him with their first pick and he plays a physical style of corner, very similar to, I think his former teammate, JC Horn and coming out of South Carolina, he gets to learn from Jalen Ramsey now and Xavier Howard with a new defensive coordinator, one of the best in the game, Vic Fangio. This, this is a pretty damn good situation for him to go to. There's not even any pressure, I think for him to be a starter because they have that undrafted rookie from last year. That, that came in and played really well. I forget his name. It's like kind of Hawaiian or something. But there, there's not a ton of pressure on Cam Smith. So I think that's a really good situation for him to go to and develop and work on not being as, as handsy. And that's I think that's why he fell is because people felt like he would be a little bit prone to penalties because um, he gets a little handsy down the field. And But something tells me he's going to work out. And I like that pick for them, especially at that value. And I, I also kind of just think Mike McDaniel, he's going to utilize – uh, Devon A chain right away in some way. I know he's not he's not obviously a great preferred size at five nine, but uh, it feels like he's going to have a role somewhere for the Dolphins down the line. So solid draft. I gave it a B plus. Yeah, I think it's funny you talk about Cam Smith because I know he's sort of a controversial pro- pro- 
prospect. There's a lot of guys that like him. There's a lot of guys that don't. Um, but I feel like overall, since they got caught with the whole debacle last year and, and, and losing a pick, you know, it's kind of hard to give this a really great grade. So I was just going to give it a C, C plus. But nothing really stood out to me here, you know. It just was kind of – they needed some stuff, but they didn't have – they only had four picks, so it's kind of hard to really grade them in, in many ways. I don't know. There's a lot of guys that really love Cam Smith, so there might be something to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I th- and they need – but do they also need corner given that they have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey? I mean, well, these guys are getting up there in age, and if you like – it's just a good value. Yeah. My, Miami likes – they – corner is one of their positions that they prioritize clearly so yeah yeah and it doesn't it doesn't hurt too considering they have to play josh allen and aaron Rodgers twice a year so yeah they just kind of took advantage of the board i think and uh, number 19 another team without a first round pick actually their first pick i think didn't come to the third round right uh it's the san francisco 49ers they gave them a b plus and <clears throat> say what you want taking the kicker in the third round is ballsy but if, if you think he's truly worth it, then I'm 100% all for it because it's hard to find a good one. And so Jake Moody could be that guy from Michigan. He he had a really good college career, made a ton of big kicks uh, coming at, playing at Michigan. And then they got Cameron Latu, the tight end from Bama. It, it looks like he has all the tools to become an asset to this offense. And so I wonder if they're going to be able to tap into that and he can learn from George Kittle a little bit. So, yeah, I was kind of kind of interested by the 49ers' decisions here. So I gave him a B+. B plus. Yeah, I gave him a B. I was a little surprised by the Jake Moody pick in the third round. I, I wanted to give them a C because of that, but I felt like they made some pretty good picks around that for it to be kind of just something that was negligible. But they picked a lot of Michigan players. I mean, they certainly – or actually, they only picked two. But, I mean, definitely was an interesting draft. I really like the Cam Latu pick, as you said. I think I think he – is a very underrated player that sort of got lost in the shuffle with a lot of other good Alabama Alabama receivers. But if you look at a lot of Alabama games from this last year, I don't think there was another guy on the field that Bryce Young trusted more than Cam Latu. And and you might be right. Yeah, you might you might be right. Okay, moving on down to number twenty, we have the Tennessee Titans. I gave them a B plus. I think landing Skaronski is a nice start to the rebuilding process because whether, whether they admit it or not, this team is tanking and trading up for Will Levis though. I don't know if that was the right move for this team. They, they might have a steal and six rounder offensive tackle with Jalen Duncan. He was supposed to be a day two guy. Um, I think third round at least. And instead he just kind of fell. So Titans did good well in the offensive line. I just don't know about Will Levis developing because they weren't able to, they don't have a ton of confidence in Malik Willis. So how does Will Levis – it doesn't matter if you took him in the second round instead of the first. I don't really know if that makes a ton of sense. And uh, Ryan Tannehill, obviously not a big teaching guy. No, he does <laughs> we not know that. like young quarterbacks. Clearly Malik Willis is not picking up anything, uh, it seems no. like. So um, there's that part too. So, uh, yeah, just kind of a that, – that's kind of what holds this great bad for me. Yeah, I gave it a B-. minus. And the and it really was just because of the Will Levis trade trade up. I I thought Peter Skaronski was the right pick at eleven, and I felt like it fell into their lap. But I think Will Levis would have been available if they didn't trade. I just I think not a lot of NFL teams were high on him, and it was a lot of media hype. And I just I think Tannehill isn't their guy. And yeah, maybe Will Levis is, but to give up on Malik Willis after he played three games 
and only started two, right? Or maybe he started three, but even then, it's just I, I don't understand why you're giving up on him so quickly. I mean, this guy could definitely be something, but they must they must see nothing in him, and I just, it seems like a weird situation for the Titans right now. Yeah, like, and honestly, what's the rush too? I mean, this team's tanking, so well, why not just let Ryan Tannehill stick it out and Malik Willis stick it out and see see how those guys continue to go and through this process, and then you see Malik Willis at the end of this year, he could have evaluated if he's if he could be the starter in two years, you know? Yeah. Instead, I, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. I thought they were thinking of trading Derrick Henry at this point. I mean, I was surprised that they even went quarterback. I mean, if I was the Titans, I would have just traded Derrick Henry and gone for everything that I need and then tank this year and take a guy next year, maybe, but who knows? That's risky. So we'll see what yeah. Will Levis ends up becoming. Yeah. And de- moving on down to 21, we got the Baltimore Ravens here. I gave him a B. Um, Zay Flowers could be a quality piece on offense. He's still not the big target that Lamar needs the most, in my opinion. So that kind of kept it from being an A. And then also the rest of their picks, I'm just not that thrilled with. Trent Simpson, project linebacker, has serious traits, but you don't really know if they're going to be able to tap into what he his if he can develop and be a reliable starter. So. Um, well, it wasn't the craziest draft, but Zay Flowers could be a nice piece. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he can slot nicely next to Mark Andrews in a OBJ that plays for three to four games. But I think I think it was a good pick. I think it Salty. was a good pick. Salty Jones. I, I mean, no, no, no. I just I, – I don't know. I, I, I think – I think that this was a fine draft by the Ravens. I gave it a B plus, And I think Trenton Simpson is a, is a, is a really, really solid pick in the third round. Um, I do like Zay Flowers. I think he's a little undersized, as I said before the draft. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely they, – they, they are getting a B-plus because they did what they should have done, and they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. So good, good, on, the, good on the Ravens. Yeah, kudos to the Ravens doing something I think nobody really – Expected them to expected them to do what they needed to do <laughs> so and helping out Lamar finally so at number 22 now we have the New Orleans Saints I gave them a B as well and they lost a lot this offseason especially along the D-line and they basically tried to replenish that unit with their first two picks in this draft so yeah Brian Brze kind of faced some adversity in college and we talked about that a little bit last time but we'll see if we'll have to see if the Saints can unlock him and then Isaiah Foskey also intriguing on the D-line, uh, athletic guy. And another corner I think would have helped or potentially going tight end just with how deep this draft was with tight ends. I think that could have made made sense, especially to help out Derek Carr. And, but they got Kendra Miller, and he could contribute down the line with Kamara, Kamara missing games. So, you know what? Uh, not a bad draft. And so, yeah, that's where I have the Saints. Yeah, I gave the Saints a – a B. I think it was pretty straightforward. They got what they needed. I think, as you said, Kendra Miller is a pretty good running back. They got my boy Jake Hayner from Fresno State, who had that one good game against UCLA. And yeah, I think if Brian Brezzi ends up being the prospect we all thought he was going to be coming into Clemson out of college, I think I think that's you know going to be a great pick as well. So definitely just a B. I don't think it's you know terrible, but not great. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I expected from the Saints. And yeah, uh, at, at 23, we got the Washington Commanders. I gave them a B as well. The Emmanuel Forbes pick is interesting. I mean, this is the all-time college football career leader in pick sixes. And uh, 
the owner talked about a little bit on the Pat McAfee show. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for a playmaker on defense. So that's why Forbes was the pick over Deontay Banks, over Joey Porter Jr. So they're very interesting there. Uh, interesting philosophy. Uh, and the fact the fact that he's so lightweight, though, I mean, 166, 166 pounds was one of the talking points that you heard in this draft coming in, why he w- wouldn't be a first-round pick. Instead, he goes at 16, I think, to the commanders. So, um, you know, interesting decision-making there. And then you have Jartavius Martin from Illinois. Also, they got a DB factory going on. Um, seems like a solid pick, and he should help fill the void at corner um, as well, in addition to Forbes. So I, I, I like what they did, but also, I mean, corner the first two picks, kind of, you know, out of nowhere. So, and there were other guys on the board. So they kind of had a my guys draft. So a little weird. Yeah, I, I docked them for that and gave them a B minus, but I still think they're great prospects. As you said, I think Emmanuel Forms might have been a little bit of a reach. I think he would have been available in the second round. Uh, and I think that they could have definitely used an edge rusher considering what's going on with Chase Young. Uh, but outside of that, I think it was an okay draft. And I liked Chris Rodriguez at, uh, uh, pick 193 in the sixth round. So that was, that was definitely a good value pick there with, with a guy who put up some pretty good numbers in the SEC. All right. And then at 24, we got the Denver Broncos. They get a B and the Broncos, they kind of went for value in this draft with Marvin Mims in the late second. And then Drew Sanders in the third, uh, guys that could be solid players, but I just wouldn't expect anything crazy. And this team didn't have a first round pick. And uh, so they kind of get a B in Sean Payton's first year. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just funny because the memes are going to be incredible with their third round pick, Riley Moss, the cornerback out of Iowa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> real, uh, real, um, what, what did you say? What would they call him? A, uh, just uh, a revolutionary. <laughs> uh... Revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, uh... Just a hard-nosed football player. There's a there's a word I am thinking of. I can't think. I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue. I know. Same. And it's it's so funny. Uh, it's it's a. Oh my god! This is so bad. We should not be doing this. It's like a trend, pod, like, just not, blanking on it. But. Not a tr- not trendsetter. Uh, I I forget. Like a more historic. Uh, I can't think. Oh, of you're it, using but... like historic. I was gonna say this dude's just kind of a little, uh, you know, unique for his position. But, uh, well, just the fact know. that yeah, he's coming out of Iowa too, so doesn't get well, much better. He than was that. pretty good at Iowa too, which is funny. But I mean, I I, I genuinely think that you know he was. I mean, the, Iowa's a good defense. You know, you can't like all their prospects that come out of there are pretty pretty uh pretty good. So yeah, at twenty five here, I got the L.A. Rams, another team without a first round pick. They get a B. and they got younger in the trenches. That's exactly what they needed the most, and they tried to do that with Steve Avila and Byron Young. And uh, I think Young is actually an athletic freak. He could be a guy to watch on the edge for them, and we'll see how, how he works in that defense. And then, of course, Stetson Bennett, easily the best pick of this draft. I mean, just – now, you don't – you can just leave it right there. Mic drop. But I think at, Riley, Riley Moss is my best pick of the draft. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, imagine, though, imagine if the mailman saves this franchise. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I think it's funny that they're bringing in Matt Stafford. They wanted to bring him in so Matt Stafford could mentor him. And I'm like, bro, he's like two years younger than Matt Stafford. I mean, what are you going to do? But they had so many picks. 
But my favorite pick for them was the Zach Evans pick in round uh, the sixth round. I mean, mm-hmm. people might remember him as that top prospect from Texas a few years ago that switched schools over probably 20 times. Uh, but this was a this was actually a, a B plus draft for me. I thought that they they did really well to just get a ton of value with what they needed and also just have a lot of picks by trading and, and blowing up their entire Super Bowl team. So, yeah. I mean, is Sean McVay just like the more mature NFL version of Lane Kiffin? <laughs> kind of feels like it. I mean, the way that McVay drafted this year, like, I mean, you know, as we just discussed, like, it was just kind of, you know, Lane Kiffin knows good recruits and he knows how to utilize them. So, and, and I don't think the Broncos had a terrible draft either. So, yeah, there's some similarities. And I mean, there was talk that Stetson Bennett was going to be too cool to even be drafted. Oh. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad that he landed in, in the right spot in LA. You know, so I know yeah. real rookie. You know, like it's, it's like there's guys that have been in the league for four years that are younger than them. <laughs> yeah. All right, and at 26, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. I gave them a B minus, the first of B minuses here, and. Their biggest needs going in were offensive line and corner. You got to protect Joe Burrow, and you got to forget about what took place in that Super Bowl against the Rams. And they didn't exactly do their best trying to address that. So Miles Murphy, he's far from a sure thing, and that explains I probably his first round slide and why other edge players went over him. Um, they got DJ Turner, who could help the corner unit, but will he be good enough? So it's hard to feel good about this draft. It's it's a B so it's a B minus for me. Yeah, I gave this a C plus, and the reason I, I did was that just the fact that they did not address offensive line in this draft is ridiculous. I, I get that taking Miles Murphy at 28 is a steal, but I think not replacing or not sorry, replacing, but adding people to your offensive line when you desperately need it is just ridiculous. Now, I think some people would argue that they still had some good picks, like DJ Turner, who obviously could re- replace Eli Apple. Jordan Battles, another solid, you know, SEC proven pick. But it just, just not taking a, an an offensive lineman just doesn't make any sense sense to me. Like they, this run office just has to understand that they are playing with fire and not doing everything to solidify protection for Joe Burrow. And again, I understand taking wide receivers even to protect, you know to have insurance if T Higgins loses and a running back kind of even makes sense because Joe Mixon can't stop shooting children. But like, I mean, you know, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's kind of frustrating. You you kind of wonder how this front office has had a team get to a conference championship game and a Super Bowl in the last two years, because they just kind of make really questionable decisions and you're sort of left going like, okay, why didn't you take the most obvious need that you had, that you had to, you know, address? I mean, Maybe you just do it in the fourth round instead of in the fifth round, even like it just, it just felt like sort of a slap in the face to Bengals fans just to see them not take offensive line. Yeah. I mean, especially with, you know, trading up and down for positions other than quarterback is starting to become more frequent and more common in uh, today's era. And they're just one of those teams that likes to be traditional and stick and pick. So um, yeah, we'll see it. We'll see how it works out. I mean, but if Miles Murphy develops and, kind of rejuvenates the defense a little bit, gives them a little extra juice, then, you know, all is well. But still, you, you would like to protect Joe Burrow at all costs. And at 27, I got the L.A. Chargers. I gave them a B-. minus. They were one pick away from Jackson Smith and Jigba. And sticking and picking is classic. 
Chargers. And their choice of wide receiver turned out to be a yak guy um, that does everything well, but I don't think he ne- does necessarily anything elite. And it's kind of hard to see their day two picks being real difference makers on this team. And Max Duggan could be a nice backup, I guess, because I guess they didn't really have that, you know, um, answer at, behind Justin Herbert. I don't know if you have to worry about him missing games, but you never know, especially after that shot to the ribs last season. That uh, was a bit scary. So not not my – I don't feel the greatest about this draft. If Quentin Johnson does develop, though, and, you know, is kind of a nice asset for Justin Herbert and hopefully makes the offense a little more dynamic, then I guess it works out. But I would have preferred Jordan Addison, honestly, or even maybe Zay Flowers. You could argue for Zay Flowers at this spot. So – uh, I just wasn't exactly thrilled. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Johnson kind of just seems to be the same type of receiver that they already have in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Big, you know, can jump up and get it, but has injury issues. And I'm, I'm surprised they didn't go a running back here in one of the earlier rounds to address the Austin Eckler situation. And... I think you're right. You know, maybe trading up was the smart move, but Tom Telesco's never really been a guy. To... So, yeah, weird draft. I mean, basically the Los Angeles Horned Frogs now. So I, I was surprised Max Duggan went in the seventh round. I feel like he could have been a guy you could have signed off waivers. And then I guess Darius Davis maybe addresses this the deep threat issue, but I don't know. It, it, for me, it was a B minus draft, or it should have been. It really is actually a C plus, just because I just don't. I think this draft relies too much on Quentin Johnson and Tuli Tupapuluto. I totally butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he and he and Day, Day and Henley definitely could be uh, solid players, but I, I still think this draft is a little bit. It's a little bit mid. Uh, yeah, I just and I yeah I don't see much upside with the edge rusher from USC. So um, yeah, that, that's all we have to say really about that. And then at 28, we got the Green Bay Packers, and I gave them a B minus. So what they like to do is they like to solidify the front seven. It's always been a priority for them in the first round. So Lucas Van Ness is he's a safe pick, and he's going to be able to be a reliable physical guy for you up front, and he's versatile. Um, a little bit limited athletically though. And then you have Luke Musgrave as their second round pick. He's a bit of a reach for me. Their first second round pick. Just um, I. I say I would think why not gamble on Darnell Washington at that point because he can do all the things that you need to in this offense um, with the balanced attack of run and pass. And their best picks in this draft, however, could be their next two guys, Jaden Reed at Michigan State and Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. Uh, if you like Dalton Kincaid, then I you have to like Tucker Craft. Uh, I don't think he's too far off in terms of talent. And Jaden Reed can get dynamic, and he could be a, a complete receiver. Uh, so I and he, and he has a return game, uh, you know, talent. So could be an asset in that regard. And then Sean Clifford in the fifth round, just kind of hilarious, honestly. Like there were better quarterbacks that they could have had. And um, I, it's just a little too much up and down here to get a good grade for me. I, I so I just gave him a B minus. It's kind of what they deserve. Yeah, I gave him a B minus as well, and and I just felt again. Lucas Van Ness is a great pick. I think he's going to be a good player, but was definitely still considered a reach. I like Luke Musgrave. I think Jaden Reed's not bad. I mean, two tight ends, though, is a little interesting. I mean, I 
I get why teams double up on certain positions. Tight end is one of those where I'm not entirely sure why they do in the same draft. And then Sean Clifford, yeah, another one of these guys that seems like he's been in college for seven years. But, yeah, I, th- I gave this a B-minus as well. Just kind of not great. I mean, yeah, I think it, if the goal was to give Jordan Love weapons, they certainly achieved that. But I definitely would have rather taken a gamble on JSN in the first round over a Van Ness than, you know, try and kind of take guys in later rounds and hope that they develop. It's kind of one of those things that they just will not do unless it's offensive linemen. They're not taking an offensive position in the first round unless it's also, I guess, Jordan Love's replacement. So it's just not what they do historically, and it's not what Gutenkunst likes to do. And it um, doesn't matter what Matt LaFleur thinks. And um, yeah. I just – also, they took Clifford over Jaron Hall, Tanner McKee, and Max Duggan, and Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham actually went undrafted. That's so, pretty wild in my opinion. Pretty wild. Like, what is Sean Clifford going to do – you know, the Malik Cunningham camp. Yeah, it's just a little, almost mind-boggling. So that's that. And then moving on down, number twenty-nine, you got the Detroit Lions. I gave them a B minus. They they were one of the they were a huge talking point on what happened on draft night. And so they traded down from six to twelve, and they traded down blue chip prospects defensively still on the board. They would fill big team needs, and their first two picks are a running back and a linebacker in this loaded defensive draft. A little bit confusing. And nonetheless, Jameer Gibbs, he could be a stud, um, kind of shades of Kamara. And overall, the Lions, they drafted just really good players. That's kind of what they stuck to. And with Brian Branch, Sam Laporta, Hendon Hooker in round three, could be a steal, maybe future answer at quarterback. Uh, It just looked like two completely different front offices on day one and day two, though, which is – very weird and i definitely don't hate the draft but it's just hard to absolutely love it and uh, so they get a b minus for me yeah i mean if an nfl team's draft to be diagnosed with a bipolar disorder i think the lions would be the model patient because it's for every great move you know such as trading down to the 12th pick from the sixth pick they followed it up with a head scratcher and i don't know i just i didn't think jameer gibbs was worthy of a high first round pick i don't think any running back really is unless a team that already has a quarterback already has a good defense and you just need talent to be injected at the position. But in the case of the lions, it's like, okay, there's still maybe a few years away from being a contender and probably a quarterback away from being a contender. So why bother taking this guy with your 12th pick when there's wide receivers on the board, there's ed rushers on the board. You know, it just, it just kind of seems a little too high. And I think that they could have easily gotten Jameer Gibbs in the second round. Uh, but again, as you said, take a lot of good picks. I thought Hendon Hooker was a pretty good one. I thought Brian Branch was a pretty good one. I thought Sam Laporta was good. Again, I thought Jack Campbell deserved to be a first-round pick, but shouldn't have been a first-round pick. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of head-scratchers in this one, and I think they did have, you know, decent success in getting value out of, you know, their lower draft positions. But, I mean, Dan Campbell just kind of seems like a great coach, but not really a good and I'm not, he's not the GM, but he doesn't really seem like a good football ops type of guy, if you know what I mean. And this is why I gave him a C plus, just because that's just it was too mix and match for me. Yeah, I, and I love the idea to trade down, but then Jameer gives us the pick. Like, what's what? What is that? Yeah, what's and, the point? Yeah. And the story, the story was that a lot of GMs texted Brad Holmes after that pick, saying that they were going to take Jameer Gibbs. They liked him that much. I I don't know how much I believe that. 
but just at the value, I'm I wasn't in love with it when they had bigger needs and there were blue chip guys on the board. Just kind of doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I get you want playmakers on that offense, but you could have had JSN. I mean, there was just other directions, and especially yeah, the edge, there was other edge directions. for sure. And Jack Jack Campbell didn't feel like a first round player to me. Um, but all these picks kind of just signal that they're just tr- still trying to change the culture. Change the culture. Let's just get good players in there first and compete right away. So, and that's what the so that's what the Lions wanted to do. And at number thirty. We got the Atlanta Falcons and the other team that took a running back in the first round, the Bijan factor, they get a B minus for me and the third worst draft grade <laughs> in this draft. And it's not because of Bijan. Um, he, he's a really good player and we were all excited to see where he lands, but there were plenty of good wide receivers that could have complimented Drake London in this draft that you could have maybe traded down and had taken later in the first round. And so Bijan, he's going to, and he's going to a place where, you know, he, he, could thrive, but his quarterback is also Desmond Ritter. So we don't really know like exactly where that offense stands until we see it on the field and how that season plays out next season. And then you have Clark Phillips the third. He has a chance to be a starter. Um, his Basically because of his size and how he tested um, kind of made him fall a little bit in the draft, but he would have been a first-round pick supposedly if he was just six foot. And um, I wasn't really impressed with the rest of this draft. So they kind of just end up with a B minus for me, mostly because I just thought there were better, bigger, better players or bigger needs that they could have filled instead of taking Bijan. Yeah, this was a mid draft to me as well. I, I, I get why you take Bijan Robinson. I mean, he's a talented player and someone was going to take him in the first round, but just it just doesn't make sense for a team that, you know, really needed some pass rushers i mean this is again one of the worst pass rushers pass rushing defenses in the nfl now they got zach harrison in the third round which i think is a great pick but again would have probably preferred a more premium prospect in the first but yeah i I don't know just taking a running back for a team that might not have a qb i mean maybe desmond ritter's the guy but if not then you're looking at two to three years you know until another guy comes in and maybe can be their guy and again, running backs have a worse shelf life than milk. So it's just, it's, it's just kind of questionable to me. Um, but I think this, this just kind of, this draft to me screams that they feel at least in the last two years that Desmond Ritter can be their guy and can use the weapons around him and be successful. I don't think that's the case. And I don't think this draft was that great because of that. And I think they overvalued a lot of players outside of, Obviously, maybe Zach Harrison, who I think, again, was a good pick. So this was a C for me. I'm actually kind of surprised that two running backs won the first round. Kind of, Yeah, I was too. Kind of, kind of feeds into my theory, that my, my working theory that we had last pod about taking running backs in the first round so you have extra control and don't have to pay them later. So look for that to be the case then. <laughs> unfortunately for Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. I know. Um, it's, just, it's, it's just questionable because I just think a top 10 pick – Again, when there's that many talented Ed Rushers on the board and you have the worst pass rush in, in the NFL, I don't get it. Also, not to mention Tyler Algieri. I can't never pronounce last names in the know. NFL. It's I, so bad. But he was at a 1,000-yard running back last year. Jeez. So, I like again, that's the question, right? Is It's like, okay, yeah, he's really talented. But if you don't want him at eight, trade back. So. Yeah. I mean, this is what the Falcons do. This is – one of those yeah, teams, kind of like yeah. we talked about earlier, they prioritize offense in the first round instead of defense. And 
So they kind of they've gone with offensive picks with that regime so far. It was Kyle Pitts, then Drake London. Now you get Bijan. All intriguing talents and mismatches. So, and then at thirty-one, you got the Dallas Cowboys. I gave them a B minus. Second with Taurus, great in the draft. Um, and that's not because of Mozzie Smith. I think Mozzie Smith with some coaching up, he could be a beast on the interior. He's one of the best interior linemen in the draft, I think right behind Kalijah Kansi. But as for the rest of this draft, I just don't think it looks very promising. And not much help was really given towards supporting Dak Prescott. The biggest issue has been, okay, you need to help Dak, especially when guys are out. Like you need to have depth at skill positions just all around He's at his best when he's protected and he can throw on target on time and he's got a decent running game. <laughs> it sounds like he needs a lot of help, but that's, that's Dak Prescott. And I, I just, it doesn't look great for them because they weren't able to really accomplish any of that, any of those goals on, on offense. I don't know. I, I just, I felt like that they should have taken my advice, which was to blow it all up. But I obviously, they don't listen to this podcast, so they didn't and they're idiots, but they should have blown this up. They should have drafted players that were not 30 spots higher than where everyone thought they were going to be drafted, which seemed was like every single pick for them up until round five when it doesn't really start to matter anymore. But again, my only guess is that Jerry just watched a lot of Michigan games this year and just fell in love with Mazzy Smith and Luke Shoemaker because I mean, these guys, they might be good prospects, but let's not forget the last time the Cowboys did this, and they drafted Michigan players in the first two rounds, they drafted Taco Charlton and Jake Butt. And so that's all I'm going to say. I feel like adding running backs in back-to-back rounds too was questionable as well. And I just think that Jerry Jones is probably a little confused, maybe thinks that he's, he's running an XFL team. I don't know. But because of that, I gave this, I gave this uh, Cowboys draft a D. It just feels like Jerry Jones didn't study this year. <laughs> no, just he didn't. Of, I think the I think the arthritis made him have trouble typing a little bit or writing. I don't think he probably knows how to type. And There's then, no like, way he knows how to type. Maybe maybe his finger just like slipped when uh, yeah. when he <laughs> went to go make this pick, or he he didn't hear the phone ringing for trade trade calls. Uh, you you just don't know. So um, yeah, that's where the Cowboys stand. And then at number thirty two. For I think maybe the first time ever doing draft grades, I have the Super Bowl champs at the bottom of the pack. Uh, I have the Chiefs, the the only team that got a C or worse. Um, I gave them a C. I don't really feel like once you get below B, there's no point in giving out pluses or minuses on C, C's, D's, and F's. Yeah, that's true. It's just like a C, D, or an F, you know. And so I gave them a C, and it just doesn't feel like a game-changing draft by any means for the Super Bowl champs. I think they reached on edge, and that was a huge need coming into the draft. And there were there were a good first four or five guys um, in the in this bunch, and that would were going to go in the first round. It was just a matter of where the the run kind of went a little sooner than later, and the Chiefs just kind of sticked and picked. And um, they they took the guy from Kansas State. I wasn't really big on him, and I think he's kind of limited. And I also thought there were going to be better wide receivers than Rasheed Rice available. There was, and that that was still their pick. Um, so maybe they can develop offensive tackle Wanya Morris into a starter, but for the most part, I, I feels like they didn't really do a very good job. No, I, I again, I think they just reached on Felix on a on a DK Uzama. Well, that was a, that was the last name. Um, it just like he just you know he wasn't a guy I think that was high on a lot of people's draft boards, and I know with the thirty first pick, 
you know, or the last pick in just any first round, you know, you're kind of a little bit, you have a lot of ways you can go, but I just, I personally think that they should have gone tight end. They should have gone wide receiver. I just, because they don't really have a number one target right now outside of Travis Kelsey, which I think is going to be a necessary issue to address in the next two years. So yeah, it just, it just felt like they reached and then Rasheed Rice seems good. But again, a guy that probably is more of a third or fourth round pick. So I, I agree where I gave this a C as well. I just, I just felt like there wasn't really a direction here now, but that's also something that can happen when you're, when you're a Super Bowl winning champ, you just don't really necessarily have a lot of needs, but in their case, they kind of did. So I'm surprised they didn't go wide receiver uh, in the first round or tight end, or as I had them taking Darnell Washington. So the, the value wasn't really there at wide receiver, but in terms of where they picked Rasheed Rice, there were six or seven other names I would have taken before him. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, that's Kansas City Chiefs. And their first uh, not-so-great draft, it, it looks like it will be in a while. Part of why I gave grades a little higher maybe than typical, also it's just it's hard to be critical of guys because you don't know how they're going to work out yet in the NFL. You can't just automatically say, oh, yeah, this garbage draft. It's pretty hard to yeah. do that. It's, it's pretty hard. The team has to really do exceptionally bad. So that's why my grades are a little higher, and it's kind of rare to see Cs and Ds and Fs for me. So – um that's why yeah there's there's a lot of a's this year i thought a lot of teams did really well i know you were you were a nice grader this year i was there's a lot of people on the nice list i know seriously i was a little bit meaner gave it a few c's but yeah. c's get degrees so you know it's all good yeah well and, and this wasn't as deep as, of a draft as well i think you got to keep that in mind as well so um but that was the 2023 draft for you Hopefully you enjoyed our coverage and our thoughts and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Finn, you got anything else? Yeah. I feel like we'll probably start looking to talk about maybe some baseball. Like we haven't really done that yet, but there's a potential for simmer down to go to a Padre game the next two weeks. So definitely might want to hop on the pod and to talk about that and just see where the Padres are at right now. Cause it's been kind of an up and down season for them, but yeah, definitely. I mean, we're kind of in playoff NBA season two and NHL playoff season two, so we maybe should chat about the NBA a little bit as well. Yeah, I so, think we'll definitely get in the NBA. Yeah, my Knicks spot. are playing tonight. Let's just let's just go. We got this. We can win this second game. Like we just need to. Sh- we just need to. We just it's needed. This is a must-win game for the Knicks tonight. So hopefully, hopefully uh, Jimmy Butler. Out. Jimmy Butler's a bad man. Jimmy Butler looking like Kobe right now, bro. I know. That, like, that dude is on one. Like, I, I think he could beat the Sixers or the Celtics. And I hope he, if the Knicks lose, I hope he does because I don't care about either of those two cities. And I'd rather have Jimmy Butler in the finals than the 76ers or the Celtics. So, For sure. For sure. All right. With that being said, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will see you again very soon. Later. Later.